Hello, I'm Charu Kamaria. I'm a writer, journalist, speaker, and podcaster based in the southeastern United States. And I started this show after many years of working in newsrooms where stories of the day are boiled down to just a few minutes. I want to go more in depth, talk about the things that we all should be noticing and discussing, and help you understand what the story really is. So let's get started. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of The Story with Charu. I have a really great guest that I've been so excited to get her on the show ever since I kind of found out about her. Jessica Milicevic is the founder and owner of Maven Media, a boutique branding and marketing agency that really focuses focuses on health and wellness companies here in the Charlotte area. She's the mother of four. And Jessica, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I um, wanted to talk to you a little bit about, okay, so I'm, I want to start with, somebody told me about you, then I did my research, and I read this article, and I'm going to put the link to it in the show notes, where okay. you were just so real and raw about your own personal story of motherhood and um, this expectation that we do all things perfectly, So, so start with that, like kind of tell folks about what happened to you. Sure. So, you know, I think growing up, I always assumed, okay, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have children. I'm going to have a career. I'm going to be able to have it all. Right. And it was just glossed over that way. And so as I grew up, you know, I, I met my husband when I was 17, actually. And so we got married really young. Um, I did, you know, go to college, I started having babies, I started, you know, chasing that career, right, I wanted to be this, this journalist, right, that, you know, yes. exposed wrongdoing, you know, and was going to save the world, and, um, you know, and then that transitioned into, um, you know, marketing, which is more of a nine-to-five job for me, trying to balance family, but I always grew up just assuming that it would all work out perfectly, and, and I really took on everyone else's happiness before my own. So I needed to make sure that my kids were happy, my husband was happy, my friends were happy, my boss was happy all the time, too. It wasn't just like I, 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 I don't take confrontation well. And so I needed everyone else and all of their needs to be met before my own. And because I thought that's how, that's how it's supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. And so no one ever told me any differently. And not only that, but you're supposed to live this life that's perfect. So, you know, I really fell into the trap of social media moms, right? Oh, Where, yes. You know, you go and you, you go on Facebook and you go on Instagram and you see these moms and, you know, they're these high-powered career moms and their hair's blown out and their makeup's perfect and they've got their designer heels on and they look amazing. They're going to slay that boardroom. But then they're also in the kitchen with their kids baking cookies and their, you know, their designer aprons. And again, their hair is blown out. Their kids look absolutely yeah. perfect and spotless. I mean, I've never seen a kid, kid that makes cookies and yeah. you know, they're spotless yeah I, I don't let my we don't do that kind of thing I'll, I'm very right. honest that I don't do that kind of thing with my kids because I don't want to do it yeah right. but I agree but, you know, right I thought that that's what life was supposed to be and so you know by the time I was in I started this corporate marketing job and I had no experience in corporate America whatsoever and um you know it was a totally different set of expectations 
that I was like just continuously trying to meet. And then I was also a community leader. I did a lot of volunteer work, especially in the LGBT community. And so I took that, Mm. you know, very, very close to heart. I was raising my three boys. One of them had special needs. You know, I, um, I still, you know, was, um, you know, very attentive to my marriage and my friends and trying to do all of that and do it perfectly all the time and measuring myself up against these other women on social media. One morning I just woke up and I, I, I think it was honestly my brain and my heart just said, all right, we're done. Yeah, and I've had enough. I, yeah, and I I woke up. You know, my husband took our littlest one to daycare. I got my eldest two ready for school. I honestly don't really remember driving them to school. I was very, um, like, I, I, in a trance, to be honest with you. I, you know, I was so exhausted and so overwhelmed and so emotionally spent. And so, I mean, I had nothing left to give. Like, talking about yes. getting from an empty cup, right? Like, there yep. was nothing. there and I dropped them off at school and I was driving on the interstate to my job and I thought to myself if I can just veer my car off to the left a little bit I'll hit oncoming traffic and Mm. I won't have to deal with this anymore Mm. I won't have to sorry I'm getting a little emotional (laughs) I won't have to deal with anybody else wanting something from me or needing something from me and on top of that I won't have to deal with anybody feeling like I'm a failure because I felt like I was failing everyone around me all the time because I couldn't I couldn't be perfect for everybody all the time yes and that was so hard for me to to feel like I was failing everyone and I thought okay if you if you drive your car into oncoming traffic you're gonna kill somebody else so I thought let's not let's not do that I got to work and I barely like I said I barely remember like getting up to my office and sitting in my desk. And at this point I wasn't even crying or anything. I was just like, it, it was just, I don't know. It was like, I was just a zombie. And I sent a text to my pastor. My pastor had been super open about his um, battle with suicidal thoughts and depression. And um, like in the pulpit, just really open mm-hmm. about it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I texted him nine one one. I need you. And he called oh. me and he, literally like I had made my way downstairs because I didn't want anybody to see me crying because you know again you're perfect right no one can see you break down right so I made my way downstairs I'm hysterical no one stopped to see if I was okay like the people that I passed you know on my way downstairs no one stopped to check because in corporate America you don't do that and literally hysterical he had to talk me from walking myself into oncoming traffic like, he had to literally talk me off the edge because I was so, I, I was just done. I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't be perfect. I couldn't be everything to everyone anymore. I couldn't do yeah. it. And I didn't see any other way out. I literally was so gone that I thought the only way that I can stop feeling like this is to just stop feeling altogether. Right. And so he talked to me for about an hour and a half, finally got me to calm down and then called my husband and, um, I didn't even tell work that I was leaving. I got in my car and just drove home. And um, my girlfriend took me the next day to the mental health ER here in Charlotte, um, which is a which is a terrifying place, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's definitely something like out of American Horror Story. Oh my god! Um, you check into that place, and it's like it's you know they they strip you of all your dignity. You know yeah. they. Um, put you in these paper gowns and 
you're surrounded by people who are all doped up, who are screaming, who are crying, who are, I mean, it's just yeah. Um, I'm really lucky that I got a spot in Davidson um, at a mental health facility there. Mm-hmm. So they were able to transport me, and I spent four days um, in the mental health facility in Davidson. Um, and it was the thing that saved my life. You know, and when you wrote, when you wrote about, well, when you wrote about it, one thing that was so interesting to me is that you said that you had four days to rest and not think about, I've got to make this meal for this person. I got to do this for this kid. I got it. And do you know how many moms, and there's jokes about this, you know, there's jokes about like, well, maybe this will happen and I'll just go to the hospital and I can get some sleep. Or maybe, you know, I mean, this is a thing and we kind of joke about it, but that idea that you you know, your body and your mind and soul told you that like, no, we're done. Like you can't do this anymore. And I'm going to make you take a break, mm-hmm, you know? Exactly. And yeah, for me, it was like God, you know, cause I'm a very spiritual woman. And for me, it was like God put up this, this wall and he was like, I've been trying to tell you for so long to slow down and you're not yeah. going to listen to me. So I'm going to put up this wall that you're going to hit and I'm going to force you to stop. Yeah, yes. You know, and so for me, just in my own personal, you know, spirituality, that's what I felt like it was. Yeah, yeah. that's what it took for me to actually stop yes. and change my life, and you know? Yeah, and, and I think that a lot of people, this will be, um, this will be interesting because a lot of people will, will identify with parts of that story, and then, you know, that for you, well, I, before we get to the COVID, and because I feel like COVID has kind of made all of us stop, and um, all of us having to cr- confront things about how yeah. fast we were moving and how you know we were used to things being a certain way and our plans coming to fruition, uh, those kinds of things. But but you that hitting that rock bottom, you kind of started to climb your way out and get the help and putting boundaries in place, you know, with social yeah. media and different things. So talk about that, like what happened next. Yeah, I, so, you're right, I think the four days in the hospital was, um, the, you know, just, I, I literally didn't have to do anything for anyone else, it was just about me, and I had not felt that, honestly, I can't remember the last time, yeah. um, you know, even before I got married, I mean, it was just, you know, ever, even as a teenage girl, you're just so, you're always trying to meet other people's expectations, and so. Yep, this is a big first, thing with women, this is a big yeah. thing worldwide, and it manifests oh, yeah. in different ways in different cultures. But this is definitely an issue. So, so you yeah, you were sure. saying that you were in this place where you didn't have to really meet anybody else's demands, and you got to rest. So, what what goes on then? Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. It was it was the first time that I felt like I um, had space to understand how I was feeling, mm. and so um, you know, I really the first two days I didn't talk to anybody except for my my therapist. Mm-hmm, I just didn't mm-hmm. talk because I just was I. I literally just needed to reset. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I was in there, um, I just remember just feeling like this is the point, Jess, where you're going to take a path, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like the two, you know, the two paths diverge in the woods. You know, I decided then and there, <clears throat> excuse me, that I absolutely could not go back to the life that I was trying to lead before. Mm-hmm. And what mattered to me? Why did I have kids in the first place? Did I have kids so I could lead this perfect Instagram life and get followers and likes and, and you know, and become an influencer? Or did I have kids because I wanted to be a mom? That's mm-hmm. something totally different. Those are two different things. Yeah. You know, and I knew that being a mom to my boys 
meant being there for them in my most authentic way Mm -hmm. and teaching them that life isn't perfect and that it's not about, you know, how many people like you or how popular you are or, or, you know, how, how well you do in your career, you know, that I wanted to be the mom that the boys remembered, you know, that got down on the floor and played with them, that had fun with them, that had long talks with them, that understood their feelings, that, you know, I just wanted to be an authentic person Mm -hmm. and I think it's good I think it's good for kids to see that honestly because I think that when you break down and you show people your authentic self you're letting your kids know like it's okay life is messy and you're gonna feel like this sometimes and yeah I'm your mom but I don't have all the answers and I struggle too I'm human you know you're you're showing them that and I think that that's actually good you You know know? I take medication I'm really open about it um you know, I'm, I'm, I take medication now to help me with my depression and anxiety. I've taken them since my breakdown. Mm-hmm. I take them every morning in front of my kids. And the reason that I do that is because, you know, I want them to know mommy isn't perfect. Just like you said, yeah. I, you know, they asked me, what is that for? And I said, you know, sometimes mommy feels really sad and sometimes mom needs help to not feel that way. I said, and, and it's okay for me to feel sad, but sometimes I just need a little extra help. Yes. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, and, and to be really honest with them, I feel like teaches them that one day if they're feeling that way, they can come to me and talk to me and not be afraid. Yes. And not feel ashamed. You know, like, oh, I can't feel sad. I can't, you know, because we're not supposed to. No, they see that mommy struggles with it and that I am still showing up to be their mom. And yep. I'm still doing everything that I can to be their mom and so I hope that they see my example and see that and then can grow up and share their struggles with me and be able to get through them more easily because there's not that um that sense of perfection that they're always trying to strive for oh gosh and to be able to to tell them that you know whatever problem you have we may not know immediately how to solve it but we'll get the answer we'll figure this out like come to me I yeah I 100% agree with you and um, you you seem to be doing a lot better. You you've really learned a lot. What would you tell? I I know. I feel like a lot of moms right now are feeling like thrown into chaos. I think I personally like I'm coming to grips with this idea that you know it's it's going to be months. Um, and one thing that I personally have learned through all this, the COVID, that is, is that you know your you have to really, I, I, I feel like I'm also very spiritual and I kind of feel like the, the message that we're trying to, the message that's trying to be taught to us right now, collectively as humanity is that you have to live in the present. When you dwell in the past, you get depression. When you dwell in the future, you get anxiety. And the truth is that we don't know what the future is going to hold. All of your best plans, you think your kids are going back to school on this day, none of that might not happen the way you want. And so the lesson is live in the now and, um, do the best, you know, ask your body and your mind, like, well, what do I need? Do I need a nap right now? Do I need food? Do I need water right now? And I think so many of us weren't really, you know, so many of us were just kind of full steam ahead and Mm -hmm. we're, we're so like that as Americans too. Like our whole psyche is like that as, as a society here. I don't know, but I I think a lot of us are struggling with this. Like, I'm not doing enough. Oh my God, these moms are homeschooling perfectly, and they're still right. working. And they're I mean, so what did you 
what did you learn that you would share with other people? And I guess the first thing I would say is you're not a therapist, so you should get right. therapy. There's so many great mental health people that are doing um, virtual oh, visits sure. now. And so yeah, there's get even like free, there's even like free text lines. Like my, one of my best girlfriends, she is a volunteer with a, with a text line company. And, and she, she talks to people who are in crisis through text messages completely free. Wow. You know, and yeah. so if you don't want to, if you're, you know, still shy about talking to somebody and, you know, being that vulnerable, because it's really hard. Yeah, it you is. Know, um, it's very hard to be that vulnerable. There are definitely options out there for you to sort of, you know, feel comfortable in your space talking. And so through texting is such a great way to do that. Um, but I think I would tell moms what I've learned since my kids, since March, since they started staying home. Now, like you said, I have four kids. I have three boys who are in school. One of them has special needs. He's repeating kindergarten this year because we just he needed that extra boost. I have a newborn. Wow. I run my business from home. So I get it. I'm in the thick of it. It's hard. It's so hard. I think that for me, what I've been telling my girlfriends, just give yourself some grace. Mm-hmm. Just say to yourself, I'm doing the best that I can. Okay, and there's not a video camera in your house that's recording your every move. There's there's no need for you to strive for this idea of perfection in your head. You know, like we, right now a bunch of moms are going out and they're buying all of these things, these desks and these chairs and these, you know, these this room decor to create this, you know, semi-classroom you know, because in their head <laughs> they have this idea of what perfect homeschooling looks like you know and their kids are sitting at their desks perfectly and they're doing their work and they're smiling and the room is so clean and it looks so cute that's not what real homeschooling is and it's hard and some days I feel like it's okay for you to say we're just not going to do it today yes (laughs) yes we did that since March there were some days my kids were mentally exhausted because they'd been ripped from school, ripped from their friends, ripped from their routine. You know, we were all trying to do it at home in a new way that, you know, technology was frustrating. And, um, you know, I, I'm not an educator, so trying to teach my children was frustrating for me. Um, you know, yes. and, and by the way, they I changed you. math. They changed math, I so I don't know how to teach my kids math. Huh. <laughs> Listen, girl, I, I when this started, I was like, secretly like I don't even know what you're supposed to know right now you know I I don't even know what you're supposed to know and then it was like how is a teacher doing this with all of I I mean it was it was uh I I definitely hear you and then this immense fear and coming from the culture that I come from this immense fear of them academically falling behind sure and so it was it was just like oh you know my husband my husband made a really good point. My husband's a war refugee. So he was in the Balkan Wars um, in Bosnia during the, in the 90s. And he's a war refugee. He escaped Germany with his family, didn't speak the language. And then when the war was over, they moved to America again, didn't speak the language. And now he's an IT professional. Um, you know, he does really well in his career. And he told me, he said, Jesse, he said, there were, there were definitely times in my life, in my education, when I was behind because I didn't yeah. speak the language. I didn't have a home. Right, my right. parents were separated by war, and we, we lived in really dire circumstances, and I'm still doing well. He was like, this one year is not going to define how our kids succeed. And I yeah. was like, oh my yeah. God, you're so right. Like, I... You know, coming from somebody who's seen the worst of humanity, and he still is thriving. 
Yes. Right? And so for me, I was like, you know what? That's perspective. Well, you know, and, and it was, it's, we, we keep, I, my husband and I keep having this joke because, because we're trying to be like, okay, well, we really don't know the curveballs that are going to come ahead. And so sure. we're like, you know, we'll homeschool in, until that meteor hits the, you know, the, the world, right. you know, or we'll, we'll do it yeah. till that comet is supposed to, because yeah. it's just like, wow, we really don't know, you know? And so no. we don't even know if, you know, the, the skills that maybe they are supposed to know other skills that the schools really couldn't teach them and we're supposed to be teaching them that I don't know you know you just don't know and you just need to do the best you can no one is grading you as a parent you know and and we're all literally in the same boat so take solace in that that it's not just your kid it's everybody's kid right now yeah that's so true you know, and that next year, if they can, God willing, they all go back to school next fall and everyone's healthy, they're all going to be at the same level because of that homeschool year. And it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough transition, but we're all, we're all, you know, doing it together. together. You know, and I hate to say that because I feel like it's been so overused. We're in this together. And sometimes when you're isolated, it doesn't feel like you're with anybody else, you know, and you're like in the trenches and you're like, God, this sucks. And it's so hard. If you're feeling that way, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to step aside and say you know what for the rest of the day we're just gonna chill because everyone's mental health needs to be at the forefront of this thing oh yeah I I know and And there there are days when those homeschooling days where it was traumatic I mean everybody ended up crying you know and it was just like I don't understand why you're making this harder I don't understand we could just get through it um and talk to me about that because you and I are both in the same school district um in the United Mm -hmm. States which this week decided everybody which, which you know personally, I was leaning towards this anyway, uh, all of us doing the virtual learning option, but they made the decision that, I mean, yeah, everyone's going to be at home. Uh So, you know, you and I were talking earlier that a lot of this is going to fall to women. Yes. So I definitely feel like in a marriage, um, at least between a man and a woman, um, I can only speak to that because that's my, that's right. Exactly. But, um, you know, between a man and a woman, oftentimes the woman does become the default parent. Um, and so, you know, and it's not, my husband is wonderful. He's a great dad and a right. wonderful husband. And it's not at all that he, he deflects his parenting responsibilities, but it's just that you're the carrier of life and you're the giver of life. And then these children are connected to you in that way. And so, you know, you're automatically the one that they come to when they need something. And so I can be in the bathroom brushing my teeth. My husband's in the kitchen and the kids will still come yes. upstairs to yep. me to ask me to get them cereal. Oh, like, yeah. You're your dad's in the kitchen. Yeah, and, and your dad has what? shown you. I, I, I have this other thing. Your dad has shown you that dad can do all the things mom can do. He can right, cook exactly. you. He can yeah. do everything. Y'all know this. Right. Yeah. So it's like because I work from home, right? I run my business from home, um, and that's where the kids will be this year. You know, my husband leaves for the office, you know, most of the days of the week. And so, you know, it will fall to me, you know, to homeschool our three kids and, you know, have a newborn and try to run my business. And, you know, it's, it is, it's just, it, to, you know, women, I don't know if it's our culture, American culture. I don't like. I said I'm just speaking from my own life experience as an American woman, as a right. American white woman who lives in the suburbs, who understands that I'm greatly privileged. By the way, yes. like, I want to put that out there. Like, yep, yep, yeah. I'm super, super blessed to be able to have the opportunity to stay with. That's my right. Kids that's right. Right. You know? And so I definitely want to acknowledge that because I feel like there's a lot of kids out there who are not who don't have that opportunity. Oh yeah, it's. It's going to be a mess, right? Homeschool their kids. 
Right, now. right. And they've got to work or they're working three jobs. Um, they need yeah. the childcare. I mean, there's certainly a lot. This this yeah. whole thing is also making us confront all these issues in society in this country yeah. and, and yeah, probably sure. others. But like you said, we're both in America, so we can speak to that. But we are having to confront issues that we have not had to deal with. And we're not dealing yeah. with them. You know, like somebody mentioned the other day to me that, well, why are schools doing all this social stuff, like providing meals and providing childcare? Well, because that's what's happened. Yeah. I mean, that was what yeah. the they were faced with, whether you like it or not. Yeah. That is yeah, what happened. Well, Jessica, I really appreciate you making the time to be here today. I hope yeah. that maybe we can do this again sometime. I would love that. Yes, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to use my voice. I really appreciate it. I love it. And I'm going to put all of the information about her um, in the show notes. You can check it out. You can take a look at her beautiful face and her beautiful family on the Instagram account at The Story with Charu. And until next time, I hope that all of you find something that makes your soul light and happy. You can support this show by subscribing it, liking it, and sharing it with others. And you can also follow the show on Instagram at the story with Charu. That's on Instagram. It's all lowercase, all one word at the story with Charu. That's where I post pictures of our guests. And I also have um, more fresh takes about current events that we really can't get to in a podcast format. And sometimes just random things from around the globe or just everyday life. You can also find more information about me on my website, charukamaria.com. That's C-H-A-R-U-K-U-M-A-R-H-I-A dot com. Again, that's also one word. And until next time, I hope that you find something that makes your soul light and happy.